This is CliffCentral.com. 360 Biz on cliffcentral.com. It is 360biz.com. My name is Deborah Fodi. Welcome to another exciting installment of 360biz. It is a beautiful Wednesday evening. You know that whenever you hear us on air, it is none other than Cliff Central. This is a show that brings you subject matter experts. We bring in regulators. We bring in industry champions. And most importantly, we bring you game changers. It goes without saying. Every week, uh, every uh, week on Wednesday, 1 p.m., right here on Cliff Central. But if ever it's your first time listening to us, you can always go to www.cliffcentral.com to actually catch some of the previous podcasts and shows that we we have. Uh, unfortunately, or most fortunately, I'm not alone in studio. Um, <laughs> my guests are here, and I'm going to be joined by my boy Bulelani. Um, I'm hoping he is still on the way. You know, I always say business people don't become late. However, they become too uh, delayed. But however, I'm sitting with a new member. Um, in the family, uh, Miss Tonya. Uh, Tonya, how are you, my sister? I'm well, thanks. Hi, Tebuho. Are you good? Good, so good. Good things. Take this opportunity to say hi to our listeners. Tell us who you are. Okay. Um, hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Tonya Kokodia. I'm a freelance journalist, radio presenter, and producer, mm-hmm. and an entrepreneur as well. I mean, yeah. <laughs> no, definitely. No, but thank you for, for, for putting together the, the show for us um, today. It's obviously uh, my pleasure. Yes, it's always a good time. Yeah, but I'm 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 particularly interested to say why particularly the this show. Um, do you want to perhaps tell us? Sure. Um, so one of the things that I've noticed is that there is a big issue with millennials, specifically wanting to enter into entrepreneurship, but not really understanding what it takes to be an entrepreneur, what it takes to be a business person. We're after quick cash, we're after quick returns, we're after accolades, and it just seems like nobody knows what the nitty gritties and what the intricacies of starting a business and most importantly, sustaining a business is. And so I thought, why not start a show, um, or rather, why not produce a show like this one with an interesting topic and bring some of the best people with the most experience to tell us um, why it is that um, they stuck at, you know, careers and jobs and businesses that they previously failed at. <laughs> at so yeah. are you saying I'm sitting with the best in the studio? You are sitting with the best, absolutely. Oh. And they're women, so um, I'm biased and I don't apologize for it. Oh, is it? No, there's no need to apologize. Miss London is laughing at me. But with that said um, by Antonia uh, Kokodia, uh, we are talking failing your success. Um, failing your way to success, starting afresh after failing in business. I mean, today's show we're looking at promising. It's promising to be bringing exciting, um, you know, news and addressing the most common aspect um, of life. Entrepreneurs um, being failure, like my sister has said. But in studio today, we have two amazing entrepreneurs and guests that have running are running their own businesses. But before I actually get to my guests, I've got someone special in studio that I just had to ask her to sit on this chair, uh, so that me and her have a conversation. You see, so but anyway, she'll introduce um, herself. Um, her name is Ria Betui Motsepe. Uh, How are you, Ma Motsepe? I'm very well, thank you. Okay, wait, let me. I think I'm having a technical problem. Let's try this again. Um, how are you, I'm very well, Double Hot. Thank you. And how are you? No, I'm good, thanks. So, Ma um, Motsepe, oh, say hi to our listeners. Um, tell the people who you are. Hello, uh, listeners of uh, cliffcentral.com. Uh, my name, as uh, Debo has said, is Reabe Zwe I think I'm the oldest in the studio here. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, with age comes a lot of virtue and a lot of uh, learnings, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, also an entrepreneur uh, in my own right, um, obviously having had quite a lot of experience within the formal corporate center, mm. I mean sector. I found that um, I had had, in fact, forced into a situation where I'm an entrepreneur, entrepreneur myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the topic. You know, I'm here by default because I was accompanying my daughter, who is one of the guests here. Uh, but uh, it's interesting for me uh, in that uh, I've experienced exactly what it is they're going to be talking about mm. in their own lives, you know. So I'm happy to be here. Thank you. No, definitely. It's exactly for this reason why I made you sit on this chair because you're the eldest in the studio. <laughs> so you know the guys are able So it means obviously you've walked the journey before us. So we must get some of the wisdom uh, from you. But for me, let me ask you this first because um, seeing um, you know um, 
my day coming with her mother. Um, I was raised by a mother um, who was a, a hustler in her own right. I know it's not an easy journey. Um, how is it as a mother raising an entrepreneur, knowing that there's so much failure that is happening outside, that there's so much challenges from an entrepreneurship point of view? How do you encourage um, him? Uh, how do you encourage her um, to stick it through? And most importantly, we've got parents out there that are not there to support their kids whenever they want to start businesses or doing other things. What would you say to those parents today? Well, with my situation, um, my daughter here, Maiti, uh, Maite, I don't know how you introduced her with a nickname, Maiti or Maite, Motsepe Maponya. Is there I a nickname? Maiti is a nickname. Okay. But her real name is Maite Marina. Hey, but I said my day. Didn't I say that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe I missed that. Maybe yes. I missed that. Yeah. But most anyway. people call me mighty. That's why. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, even we call her mighty at home. Oh, okay. But all the same, um, she had no choice but to get full support from her mom because um, most of the time um, I brought up my children by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, not planned, but it just uh, happened that way that I found myself in a situation where uh, I was a mentor, um, a mom, and everything to them. They looked up to me for almost everything that they desired or that they were doing. And um, when Mighty couldn't find a job and, you know, you know, trying to do this, that, and the other, doing internships that were not working uh, or giving her enough money and uh, she had this dream that she could just not get right and ultimately when she managed to get it right, at some stages she would want to give up because it wasn't really happening the way that she thought it was going to happen, it wasn't easy. Mm-hmm. I, I always was compelled or naturally had to, you know, encourage her because I've been through that kind of path myself. Okay. I mean, going into business is not an easy thing. No, no, it cannot. Oh, you experience loss of falls. Definitely. I promise you. And you have to learn the art of standing up after falling and not giving up at all. I love your choice of words, ma'am. How are the art of standing? Mm -hmm. Um, Because it's an art to stand. eh? There's people that fall, they never come back. Yeah, absolutely. So quickly, before I get to to my, uh, what are some of the challenges that you've personally experienced um, as an entrepreneur? Um... I was in a very difficult kind of business, the diamond industry. You know, I was a licensed, or I am a licensed diamond dealer. And there was also running a factory of polishing, you know, the rough to a polished stone that can go to jewelers. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a um, man eat man, you know, kind of, yes. of business, you know. And I was like, if not the only one of uh, two um, in the industry. And uh, I found that without massive amounts of capital, I'm talking now in the many millions, yeah. you're competing with uh, a lot of international and very well-established um, dealers. That's true. And where you source the kind of uh, product that I was uh, dealing with, uh, you go into tender, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and when you stop going into tender, it means you start doing it the illegal way, which is a risky way, which is what makes people start saying, Oh, that industry is yeah. an industry for Tzotzis. Yeah, true. Whilst in the meantime, <laughs> it's actually a very beautiful industry. Mm. But, um, I had challenges of uh, capital mm. and uh, was fortunate uh, to be assisted, uh, not by banks, you know, but by, uh, family. You know, um, which was also somewhat involved in the mining industry. But if family is not going to carry you through, mm. at times you fall into those pit holes. I tell you, that can be the end of you. No, definitely. Yeah. No, 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 Mama. Um, it's very exciting. It's nice to meet you. I just wanted you to say hi to our listeners. Yeah. Uh, but I'll tell you what. You, we must have Mama on the show. So, yes. You know, <laughs> uh, you're the second lady that uh, we've brought in studio that have done um, diamond dealing. Yes. So there's none in terms of black. Do you understand? And oh, it's a no. struggle. And the, mm. the transformation that we're seeing in the space itself, it's not there. Yes. It's this discussion that's very close to my heart. Yeah. So we're gonna bring you back uh, with your permission, of course, and let's have the discussion further. Oh, I'd love that very much. No, definitely. Thank you very much. So uh, now coming to the guest um, that we have in studio, we have, have two amazing entrepreneurs who are running successful businesses, but who know the frustration of, fa- of failing uh, all too well. Uh, our first guest is um, 
Our first guest is Ego Ingwebu. I hope I'm pronouncing that um, correctly. Iwegbu. Ego Iwegbu. Iwegbu. Yeah. Okay. Ego Iwegbu, an entrepreneur and author who runs a highly successful nail boutique um, cosmetic range, Miss um, Salon, Miss London. Miss London Miss, Salon. Miss Salon London. Is All it right. Miss Salon London? Yeah, it's Miss Salon London. That's the salons and Miss London Cosmetics. Oh, okay. Cosmetics. No, definitely. And our second guest is uh, Miss Maide Mutsepe Mabonya, an artist um, and the owner of a beloved M Mutsepe Mabonya and an African-inspired home decor company. Uh, and it's interesting that I'm actually meeting her today because we struggle, uh, Maide, with uh, people that to decorate our houses. Yes. Um, you know, I know that I, after I finished building, it was a big struggle to get somebody that um, would actually be in a position to um, to actually get us, um, you know, settled in terms of our house. But more than anything, let me start uh, with you, um, Ego. You started your first nail business in 1999. That's right. In the when UK. I was 10 years old. Okay. I was, a, <laughs> I was about to ask, weren't you a child? <laughs> I know I look that way because I believe that... What you believe yeah. is what comes out. Okay. So I stay young in here. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So tell us about this business that you started. Were you in high school? Or <laughs> were you in primary? No, I'd started uh, my corporate career and um, I realized, I think after about two days of being in the office, that it was a nightmare and that I needed to get out. Um, I had tried to start my first business at the age of 17, um, but I come from a very academic family, and so trying to start your own business wasn't the thing that you did. You had to have about four degrees or uh, or be a failure. So uh, I finally dragged myself through uni okay. and got my degree and then started working. A degree in? Beauty still? Mathematics. Okay. Yeah. Mm. And then I started working uh, for uh, a large corporate organization and as i said after the first two days i I was scratching out in my notebook nightmare you know someone (laughs) get me out of here um and then it took me three years from that moment to opening my first uh nail salon and opening my first business i'd rather call it that because the fact that it's a nail salon was in a way, neither here nor there, it was more about the fact that I I absolutely had to have my own business and there was no way that I was going to work in a company that would function absolutely fine whether I was in or not. Mm. I couldn't stand it. I couldn't stand the fact that if I didn't come to work, they would still be fine. <laughs> yeah, I needed to be important. Oh, okay. So now tell me, I mean, um, can you tell us a little bit about the opportunity I mean, that you saw in the market as to why specifically salons? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, you could so have gone really into any business. You're a mathematician. You could I could have, and yeah. I could have, and I could have actually gone into private equity with, uh, That's uh you know, right, yeah. exactly. And, um, and had my hand in many businesses through mm-hmm. private equity. But, um, the truth is I actually didn't know about that then uh, all I knew is I wanted to be wanted to own my own business and and the business that I actually wanted was a nightclub because I like partying okay <laughs> but uh, but uh, anyway so I used to go get my nails done and uh, every time I had to get my nails done in London I was living in London at the time uh, I had to go to some of the worst parts of London to get my nails done and that really bothered me I couldn't understand why I couldn't get my nails done in on Oxford Street in central London in Soho mm-hmm. and so um uh, but this was all during while I was trying to research my, my nightclub idea and whilst working, um, at my, my corporate job. And, uh, then I, a visit to America, first time I ever went to America was in 1998. Okay. And when I got there, I saw nail salons everywhere. And I thought, how is it possible that we don't have this in England? Why don't people get their nails done? Everybody gets their nails done mm-hmm. in America. So I, that was it. I decided I was going to I was going to open my own nail salons in the UK. I was going to turn it into a chain. They were called Nail Haven. Okay. And um, and so in nineteen ninety eight August, which is actually twenty years ago, <laughs> two wow. months ago. I wrote my first ever business plan for this for this nail bar. Okay. And so, yeah, go on. So you've been in business for 20 years? Yes, I have. Hmm. 
Yeah, I know, right? No, okay. <laughs> we, we, we're gonna get to that. Um, I mean, just like Ego, I mean, there must have been um, a gap for you to you saw in the market, my day. Uh, that inspired you to start your business. Tell us, why did you start this business? Was it because your mother was in business? Um, was it because you wanted to do this for yourself? Or why did you get in business? For me, what was important is literally just following my passion. Um, I had been working and finding myself very, very depressed going to the office every day. Uh, you know, it's disturbing, Mama, that we find ourselves depressed working. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> the problem is not working. The problem is doing the kind of work that stimulates you. It True. stimulates some kind mm. of energy mm. out of you every day that you actually want to get up and you feel good about going to work. Because I'm the type of person who loves being busy all the time. Okay. You like um, me. Mm-hmm. So when I had done this, I had actually... I've always had a passion for art. So I had actually started with trying to sell my art and that was it. I was like, okay, I'm going to be an artist. This is it. And um, it's not as easy as that. You have to be an established artist. It's not easy just going up to someone and saying, hey, I do better work than that. Buy my stuff. People are looking for names. And um, I had to then find a way to sell my art in a way that a broader market could then purchase it. So I then started putting my artwork on different home decor items. So cushion covers, napkins, table runners. And I found that, wow, that worked even better. People are now looking at my stuff. People were now interested in my stuff. Whereas when you just have art pieces, those are just art collectors that want to see your stuff. And it's not necessarily your stuff they want to see. They want to see a specific name they know of. Mm. So mm. that's what made me start my home decor company. Okay. And how has the market been responding so far? It's been really great so far. Um, I am still in my starting phase of this particular business. I've tried a couple. I've had so many business ideas. And um, so far, the response has been really great. Mm. So then to tell me, do, did you get fi- um, half of the time to start a business, it costs money? It does cost money. Where did you get the money? So you really need funding when you open any kind of business. And mm-hmm. I've always found that I've always needed funding. But this time, because I had worked prior to like stopping work and actually going for this business thing of mine, I had saved up a lot. So I've been relying on my own savings. Okay. For the most part, yeah. Mm. That's so, stingy. Yeah. <laughs> so, Miss Lennon, how did you start? Um, how did you finance your business? Um, I uh, I had a credit card. I maxed it. I wrote a business plan. I went to the bank. They said no. I wrote a business plan. I went to uh, the grant. There was a grant, Princess Trust grant in the UK. I went there. They grilled me. I sat in front of a panel of three people convincing them that they should invest. They should lend me the money. It wasn't, it wasn't a grant. It was a loan, but on really low terms. Okay. They gave me five thousand pounds, lent me five thousand pounds. I maxed out the card, which I had of five thousand pounds. I managed to get another five thousand pounds out of a friend of mine. And then I went to the bank with my 15,000 and my contract to open in Topshop and they gave me 5,000, which was like unheard of. So I started my first business with 20,000 pounds, uh, 10 of which was borrowed, five of which was an investment and five of, in fact, 15 was borrowed. <laughs> if you think about the credit card, yeah. yeah. But, but now, um, 20 pounds, it's still a lot of money today. 20,000. Yeah, 20,000 yeah. pounds. Yeah. So I'm imagining it's the point, the point, the point being not the amount of money. Mm-hmm. Forget the amount of money because the times are different and of course there's, uh, uh things cost different thing, um, amounts and then we've got an exchange rate ch- mm. difference, right? Sure. So forget about the amount of money. Mm-hmm. Think about more the A, lack of experience mm-hmm. in business. This was going to be my first real business. Be my age, see what I was trying to do. I was trying to open a chain of nail bars, mm. right? So you see, that's what, that's what I was actually getting yeah. to, to yeah. say 
it's it's a lot of money today. It was still a lot of money then. Yes. Do you understand? Yes. So for you coming now, yes. uh, that's what I was getting to to say you're not experienced. Um, you yes. know, you've not handled money. Yes. And all of a sudden, you're starting your business yes. with this big loan. Yes. That that you get, and now you I mean you just hinted that you wanted to open up a chain of salons from yes. day one. Yes. Yes. So I mean, um, wasn't it a risk? Oh no, us? huge. Huge risk. But the thing about being an entrepreneur, and I believe that you are either an entrepreneur mm-hmm. or you're doing, uh, or you just don't want to work for anybody else. I mean, uh, sorry, sorry, I have to think about that. I think, <laughs> I think what I'm trying to say is that I am an entrepreneur. Okay. It's in my blood. It's in my system. Mm-hmm. I've wanted to have my own business since the age of 16, okay. literally. And so, when the opportunity comes or when the idea comes and and you've got that idea, that idea doesn't let you sleep. Hmm. You must do it. Mm. And it doesn't matter what you have to do to get it to get it done. It doesn't yeah. matter. So five thousand here, five thousand there, five thousand there. None of that kept me awake at night. What kept me awake at night is how am I gonna make this thing work? Was a vision that yeah. you wanna make this It's not it's so. not the money. Yeah. The money is, you know, a side note. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. So now, I mean, um, my d- tell me, um, I hope you didn't take up any loans. No, I didn't. No, okay. <laughs> no, thank you. So now in the, in the business that, that, that you're running, um, okay, trying to look at the cost aspect, um, to an ego's business requires a big capital from the start. So your business that requires, um, a, a serious client base, but to grow your business requires capital. Yeah. That's where, that's where the, the problem I think I found that in these different businesses. But however, um, I could imagine that you coming as a young person, I can imagine, okay, me, you, we typically meeting on the street. I don't know what you do. You want to decor my house or whatsoever. So one, I'm going to judge him like, Hey, this one is going to put colorful couches here at my house or anything of that kind. Do you understand? So Hor, what are some of the misperceptions that people had? Um, about you when you were starting And another thing What um, are some of the doors That got shut against you In the early days when you started I think um, a lot of the misperceptions Is that If you know me personally In my life I've had just so many ideas That you would think that This was just uh, another idea mm-hmm. I've tried so many things I've just growing up, I literally tried to try everything. Yeah. And so um, I don't think a lot of the ears that I was talking to were taking me seriously. Mm-hmm. So I had to actually do and show them that, hey, this is actually what I was trying to say. And to actually do and show people um, worked for me. They were then able to see my talent. They were then able to see that, oh, okay, this can work. Um, another thing is... With I don't know if you notice my last names mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Coming from the families that I come from People then expect you to automatically have financing Automatically succeed um, And that's mm. a misconception mm. It is a misconception mm. I'm like everybody else The way I was raised mm. is that if you want something Then you have to work mm. for it and I've realized sometimes it, it, it's where it becomes harder because people think it's easier. That's where it's harder. Yeah. Cause you have something to live up to, you know, mm-hmm. you have, you have this benchmark that's already set by people before you in your family. Mm-hmm. And now you have to then come out with these ideas that you have and make them a success on your own so that you can even show the people in your family that you're capable, you know? Yeah. So that's another one. Um, people then assume that, oh, you should be sorted. Um, financial, you should be sorted skill wise, you should be sorted experience wise, and it's not like that. It's something that I had to learn from trial and error. Um, yeah, uh, what was your second question? I'm sorry, <laughs> not to say what, what, what were some of the doors that were shut against you when you started? Um, I think I have approached not banks necessarily, mm-hmm. but private investors. Um, I would literally meet people at events and say hi can i please have a meeting with you i have this great idea and i don't know these people at all Mm -hmm. and so they would arrange this meeting and i would then pitch my idea before even producing anything Mm -hmm. and um they would then look at me with doubt and only now 
they are interested. They want to. They want more. They want to know more. They want to invest in my stuff. Now that I've shown them that, hey, this is what I was trying to do from the get go when I needed and wanted your support. Mm. So those are the doors. Like when I wanted finance from the beginning, when I wanted some mentoring from people outside of my family, those were the doors that were getting shut on me because people had this perception that, oh, you come from this and this family. You should have all these things already. Mm. Maybe, yeah. ma- Mama, before I let you go um, and bring in Bruce, um, let me ask you this. Um, right now, I'm seeing the consistent story amongst these ladies. Mm. Um, um, Ego had a problem with financing um, when she started. Mm. Um, and Maite had the same problem with financing. You also had a problem with financing. How serious is the issue of financing in South Africa and in Africa as a continent? For, for the betterment of entrepreneurs Because clearly banks are shutting out Entrepreneurs in terms of financing them But they'd rather finance you to buy a car Yeah, yeah mm. No, no um, I understand that concept very, very well As a former banker myself Who used to be a business financier By mm. the way This is when I was in the corporate se- uh, sector mm. um, Yes, banks are not open to Particularly black people You know uh, To access funding at all, you know, they give, uh, you know, a risk, uh, the risk associated with a black person is much, much higher rated than that of another race, you know. Mm. And when I say another race, I'm talking anything that is non-black African, you know. Um, so a lot of the times, um, entrepreneurs would, would depend on borrowing from those who are already established in business. You know, so that they can take a little bit of an equity stake in their business. You know, mm-hmm. um, they depend on family. You know, uh, they depend. They depend on really hustling in order to to make it and finance what it is that they w- they would like. Uh, you know, the programs that government puts in place um, that are supposed to also you know mitigate um, the risk associated with funding. They, they, they're not accessible or they are not well known, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you find that you, you, you hear and you see these things being, you know, flaunted by, you know, various ministers or, or people within government that are associated with small business. And you say to yourself, but then how does anybody, you know, go out there and say, hey, you know, I'm also in need. Could you consider me? Here are my needs. But as for banks, I can assure you that it is exceptionally difficult to to get that buy-in and be, you know, supported. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, definitely. Um, Miss London? Hello. You started, <laughs> uh, Mama spoke of the hustle. You are now having this dream of running this boutique. Yes. Um, salons, yes. you know, from, from get-go. Yeah. Um, how many did you start? How did it go? And where are some of the mistakes that you've done? Okay, so I got to six of them, um, but the <laughs> the biggest, you know, uh, thing that I discovered, and I discovered it kind of at the very beginning, almost a week or just a week or two into the business, that um, the human resources. Let's be, let's be sophisticated about this. Okay, the human resources aspect. Mm-hmm. Of a, of any business will be your toughest, toughest mountain to climb. Especially as I was young and I'd never actually managed people before. Mm. And, and there I was thrown into the deep end. I was now, I owned a salon and I had, I think it was eight or nine staff, something like that. And I just had no idea what to do with them. I didn't know how to talk to them. As far as I was concerned, we had a rota, a roster. And you said you'd be in, and this is how much we agreed on, and just be in and do your job. But mm. it doesn't work that way. I found out. Yes, yeah. So now, where, what were some of the challenges um, that people that didn't show up to work? We're in a we're <laughs> on a we're on a major high street with truckloads of customers, and I've managed to get myself into a store like Topshop uh, that's open seven days a week, eleven hours a day. You know, and, and I can't, the, the, the nail bar has to be manned. So I'm in, I'm at work 24 seven, literally. Mm. I left 
at 11 p.m. at night and I was in the shop at 7 o'clock in the morning. Hmm. So now, um, did um, how long did you do that before you started experiencing some of your failures? Yeah, so I owned those salons for from 1999 to 2005. Um, I'd opened one every single year because of the push that I, I was being in a way pushed by the, the, the department stores I was in. Um, I'm not going to blame everything on them. I'm just going to say that I was young and inexperienced and eager and I didn't have enough money. Okay. So enough money to sustain the business? Enough money to scale up a business. It's one thing to open one salon mm. or two salons even on one street. It's amazing. You can run that. If you're good and you're passionate and you work really hard, you can run two salons. Once you get past two and you're taking the money that the first two, the established two, to using it to feed number three and then into number four before number three is standing and then into number five before three is still standing mm-hmm. and they're all across the place. They're not on the same high street. It takes you three hours to get from one to the other. Ah, it's all over. If you haven't put, if you haven't got your foundations in place, foundations being staffing and financing in place, you're going to crumble. Hmm. Yeah. No. Let me bring in. Uh, let me bring <laughs> onto the discussion a brother of mine, uh, Mr. Bruce Msidi, um, who comes all the way from Zambia, who actually landed yesterday. I've had an opportunity of visiting him all the way in Zambia. Uh, a good brother of mine um, that I know. He's a mover of shaker, and he's had his own fair share of failures and struggles um, as well in life. But before we get to that. Let's take this opportunity, Mr. Bruce, to say hi to our listeners. Tell us who you are, what is it that you do, and most importantly, what are you doing in South Africa, my brother? <laughs> Thanks, Devoho. My name is Bruce Msidi. Uh, I'm a pastor in Zambia. I pastor a church there called Mount Zion Christian Center, among other things. And uh, I came for uh, to see some, explore some opportunities here and see what I can do and uh, translate them back home in Zambia. Nice. Thank you. Yeah. No, you're welcome, brother. Thank you so um, much. The, the discussion that we've been having is failing your way um, to success, starting yeah. afresh after failing in business. Yeah. So I know that um, personally, you failed as an individual yeah. uh, before you failed in, <laughs> in ministry, and now you are a businessman, um, and you have your own challenges. I mean, the ladies they were sharing some of the experiences yeah. um, that that um, they've shared. Yeah. Um, in terms of some of their failures and challenges that they've experienced. Yeah. Tell me, so the, 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 the discussion amongst them has been common. Yeah. I don't know whether is it common because they are women, <laughs> you know, and dude, you've left me in studio alone with this woman, good but good thing you're here. So <laughs> let's hear from you personally, what has been some of the challenges that, that you've experienced personally? If you allow me to start where my sister was talking about, I think I, I really identify with that and it's, um, it's it's something I've noticed about African businesses mostly mm. is that we get great ideas and we get a very um, a high momentum when we start. We probably even hit uh, a, a growth spurt that you know takes us to a level. But uh, we come to a place where we struggle with scalability, where you you have reached or if you like you've maxed yourself out, but you still have the demand to grow. And when you reach that place, how to uh, manage uh, beyond that? I think that is a that is a challenge of many, from my experience, many African businesses that mm-hmm. start. We start them well. We got a great idea that is unique, but when it begins to grow, it reaches a place where you can't scale it up further than that. Hmm. And I think, uh, in my opinion, in my experience, while that why that happened is that while it is as you are a pioneer of the business, you want to remain in charge of the business. There is need at some point to open up to others to come and be part of the business, whether that is in releasing equity of some kind, but you can't continue to go beyond a certain level. You are only who you are. Your giftings, your talents, your experience can bring you to a certain level. You need to bring people, not just as employees, but they need to come at that level where you engage them on a strategic level on how to move even if that means you losing a level of control. Mm. Now, African businessmen and women mm. don't want to lose control no, we of can't. their own <laughs> business. You yeah. still must remain in charge. Yeah. 
And I think that's where most of us yeah. have suffered. So, so, yeah. so, so now, I mean, when, 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 um, speaking to that, there's a point that, um, I mean, Ego raised, yes. um, that human resource was one of his biggest challenges. Yes. So she wanted to let go of business. Mm. But people were feeling they were not pitching to work. Others were becoming late, and they said they would agree on cost or on rate. Then, when that needs to now unfold, the next thing it becomes the opposite. So now, obviously, I know for a fact. Even Mama made mention um, earlier on in terms of sometimes having to share equity. Yes. Um, it's not a, a, sp- a space, or it's not something that we're comfortable with. It's not something that we are exposed to. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? Yes. And in the little where we try to open up, yes. we get screwed. Yes. Too. So now what happens then? Yeah. London, I'm sure you want to know, right? Yeah, well, you know we're talking about my past now. So yeah. the, my current situation I'm coming, is I I'm have coming, two uh, yeah. business partners. Yeah, I'm coming to yeah. that. So yeah. I believe in sharing. Oh, you believe in yes. sharing. Okay. Yes. Yeah. yes. Um, to be honest, you'll have to take risk, risks on people. Mm-hmm. Um, you are going to get people who will um, betray you, who will not show up, who will promise more than they can deliver but you cannot give up on people you'll have to work with people it's unfortunate that by the time you find and locate the good ones you would have gone through a hundred of bad ones <laughs> yeah no that's true <laughs> of bad ones yeah but you cannot give up uh, on people and uh, companies that have if you like um, uh, been around for a long time you discover that the people that are in that organization Maybe one or two are still the ones that were part of the original group. Mm-hmm. You'll always have that turnover, but the the company itself, the entity itself, must be treated as an independent entity and must have its life, must have a life of its own. And therefore, as it grows, it will grow with different people. There are certain people that can only be part of that entity up to a certain level, and beyond that, mm-hmm. they they cannot because their attitudes, their work ethics, is not right for where the company is going. Mm-hmm. And we must be willing enough to let go. But the truth also is, good help is expensive. Yeah, you must be wow. willing to pay for it. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> I, I like what you said, <laughs> Maito. Who is your business going with? Um, Do you have any partners? Have no, you have you split moment, your business yet? At the moment, no, I haven't split my business. I do work alongside another company, but my business is still my own. Mm. Yeah, so I haven't reached the stage where I've split it yet. Okay. Um, but I do hear what the other two are saying, and I I will have to consider sharing my crown. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I like that sharing your crown. So, um, ego. You did this in London, mm-hmm. had your mistakes, mm-hmm. and you decided, I'm picking up, I'm going to South Africa. Mm-mm. No, no, no. So oh, how did, did it happen? So <laughs> First of all, uh, my mistakes came to an end. Uh, Nail Haven came to an end uh, September 20, 2005. Okay. Miss Salon, I started in January 2006 after I'd spent September, October, November, December mm-hmm. crying. Yeah. Okay. Because I lost everything. I lost everything. I had to sell my house. I lost everything. I knew, I was basically, if not for the property that I'd bought, I would have had to declare bankruptcy. So it was the property that's helped me pay off some of the debts that I had incurred running and opening too many salons too quickly on my own, relying entirely on staff. Um, and uh, so... You know, I was, I had fallen apart. I was crying and thinking to myself, what am I going to do now? And I can't go back to work. God forbid. <laughs> um, and so, and so I started trying to find other businesses. And in the process, in those months of crying and figuring out why I wasn't strong enough, fast enough, good enough, smart enough, you know, why did that happen to me? Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 gained many other skills uh, which have helped me today but basically in January 2006 my phone started ringing with um, companies that had uh, known Nail Haven asking me can you come and open a nail bar for us can please uh, can you get me some nail technicians Uh, we've got an event and we need a nail bar and so on it just came to me so the consulting side of my business Miss Salon Consulting started organically as a result of my six years hands-on experience of running some nail nail bars that worked and some that didn't work 
and being dragged through the mills of, you know, that experience. And with hindsight, when I look back, if you'd asked me about how I felt about not getting financed properly when I was first starting out, of course I wasn't going to get financed. Who's going to put money into this young person who's never managed a human being before in their life? <laughs> you want to open up 20 nail bars? How? What do you know about it? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. What do you know about it? And never forget that, first of all, banks are not investments. They're, they're not investors. They don't invest. They they lend you money based on your collateral. Mm-hmm. And number two, the investors, the people that you're asking for money from, they work their asses off for their money. Mm-hmm. They're not about to just say, oh, you know what? Since you look so passionate and young, I'm just going to give you this money and pray to God that you're not going to throw it down the drain because you don't know what you're doing. So it's a catch-22 where you think, but how am I going to get any experience if you don't invest in me? And then, how? but how can I invest in you when you've got no experience? It's really difficult starting a business when you're young and inexperienced. Is that why you wrote the book? Yes, I wrote the book because at that point, that's when people started asking me, Ego, I want to open a salon. How do I open a salon? Mm. And I'm sitting there talking nonstop. And then I thought, well, you know what? she going to write a book and you can buy the book and that's how that started so miss london miss salon consulting started as a, you know an organic growth mm. from my first business my first round mm. my first attempt mm. okay then let's fast forward to currently yeah so then um as you know life would have it i, I got married I was having babies all sorts of things like that and uh, this was all during the time I was writing the book and launching the book. And it was all about the consultancy at the time. And then the opportunity arose to come to South Africa for two years. That's all it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I got here and cut a long story short, I absolutely fell in love with South Africa. I'm half Nigerian and I'd spent my formative years in Nigeria secondary school and when I basically landed back on African soil, I just felt happiness overwhelm me and uh, and I thought I'm not leaving, I'm not going back to gloomy London and um, I'm going to stay and write more books. That's what, that was the plan. Mm. And did Habi understand the vision? Yeah, I mean he was, he was the ex-husband by the way he was the one he, he we came here for his work okay. and i had already written books at this point and my consultancy was online so i didn't need to be physically anywhere in mm. particular so i thought i'd come here and write more books but whilst um i really like what mighty said about how she was um you know an artist and using her art she then put it into her current business i think it's really important to choose your passion and figure out a way. So at the end of the day, I'm passionate about women and social environments and my own businesses around female, you know, in, empowerment. And so for me, even though my salons had failed, didn't mean that I was no longer in the, in the salon business. That's where I wanted to be. So my books are about salons. My, you know, my workshops are about salon business and so on. Right. So coming to South Africa, I was going to quietly write a couple more books on staffing and marketing and uh, because those are the two like hells of Mm. business. And uh, but then in the process, I decided to go and have a look at what the salon businesses were like in South Africa. So I went around, you know, uh, visiting other salons. And that's how Miss Salon London started in Morningside because I found a salon that I really liked. I was enjoying my, I'd actually been there three times. It's unheard of that I actually go to another salon more than once Mm -hmm. (laughs) because they never do it right. But uh, I'd been there three times and then I found out that the owner was struggling and they heard about who I was. Uh, At this point, I'd started speaking with my uh, fellow mom at school. Our kids were going to the same school together, Linda, and uh, Linda had suggested that she was interested in opening a salon and I said well there's one in Morningside do you know it Mm -hmm. I'd been in South Africa for four months and (laughs) and I said there's a place called Morningside shopping center have you ever heard of it it's on Ravonia Road in Santon Mm. um what do you think should we open that salon and she said let's do it so she she went and sold her car I went and got my my small savings and said let's 
let's see what we can do with this. But now I have, what do I have? I have something like eight, ten years of experience. Mm. Oh, it's a completely different ball game. No, no, no. Um, he's running a game change of a salon. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now, um, for, for, for me, my dad, you, you're sitting here. I'm sure you're the last born in studio. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, actually, yeah, I'm the boss here. So, <laughs> so, so, so now, um, from 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 your, I mean, right now, you 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 had what some of the struggles they've gone through, what Mama has gone through, and many others. Aren't you sitting here fighting to think, oh, Hore, Don't you think maybe I should get a job or something? No, absolutely not. But I I I, I won't lie. My mom has actually pushed me to go get a job. Oh, is it? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I'm so adamant. Like this, this is something that lights a fire in me. Um, I literally last week I went through the whole week with one hour thirty minutes of sleep, and I didn't even feel it. And under normal circumstances, if I'm at work and I love my work, um, I would feel tired. I'd feel exhausted. I'd want a break. And for the first time, I'm working every day, and it feels so good. And oh, I would never want to just give up on my dream. Okay. Yeah. So, um, Ego started a business in London, felt he wants to go to South Africa, and is doing very well in South Africa now. Um, and I hope you're still growing, Ego. Ne? I'm holding yes. you accountable. We have three salons now and a full makeup range mm. in Woolworths. Mm. So, right. yeah, Definitely. lots has happened. Nice. So, so now, have you thought of crossing border? Um, yes, I have. Um, but I still want to do a lot at home mm-hmm. before I cross borders. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a dream of mine to expand expand my branches out into the globe. Um, but it's very important to get my foundation right. Like um, Igor was saying, it's really important to have your, your feet anchored mm. very well. And I think... Um, I, I am the youngest chair mm. and I don't have as much experience, but I've tried so many other things before this. And I found that with this particular idea, it, I had to take my time. I had to take it one step at a time as opposed to just thinking about the end result. Like this is what I want and I'm going to do it all now. Yeah. Um, I think that's made the biggest difference. Um, going through this particular business that I've taken my time to develop products. I've taken my time to diversify the products that I have and not rushing myself. Mm. And I've actually enjoyed the process. Mm. Yeah. No, it's fine. When you when you introduce new products come through, let's let's talk about them and let's let's explore them. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so Bruce tell me, my brother, um I've realized our generation I don't know whether it's in our generation or is an African generation, we fear crossing border. Yes. Um, Zimbabweans business people, it's not most of them that come to South Africa. Yes. It's not most South Africans that go to Zimbabwe besides the big entities. Yes. Why are we so afraid to cross border and trade with each other? Because in Africa, we don't, we don't do business with each other. We can rather do business with Americans, the, the Londons and many others, but not within ourselves. Um, I would like to, we can blame history on that. We can come up with why we were colonized or slavery, whatever it is. Mm. The point being that we must break the shell of um, trading within a, a, a corner. Okay. I think our biggest challenge is, one of the challenges other than what I shared earlier, is uh, our products sometimes are lack universality. If you, today you buy a phone, that phone will work anywhere when we are con- when we're coming up with a concept for a business mm-hmm. uh, as africans we're thinking about our aunt we're thinking about our cousin we're thinking about our, about our brother we don't ever think about that product how universal it is mm-hmm. now there used to be a time when you were limited in terms of where you can take your product because you don't have a visa you don't have this mm-hmm. but with the advent of the internet and online banking online trading globalization, your product can literally go anywhere in the world. Mm. And we need to come to the place as Africans where we begin to position our businesses not just for our little corner. One of the reasons why Africans love the little corner is because once you're in the corner and your product is doing well, you're the giant. 
You don't want to throw yourself in the sea. You'd rather be a shark in a pond than a fish in the sea. Yes. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. <laughs> so we need to come to the place. The world is changing. The world is advancing. Mm. And we need to come up uh, with the type of uh, products that are universal. That if uh, one man said it to me, he says, look, if you are tall in South Africa, you better be tall in America. You can't have a product that says it's tall in South Africa, but it changes its character the moment it enters a different space. Yeah, no, <laughs> so it, it, it needs to have the same character, capacity, impact, no matter where you take your product. And so when we begin to plan our product, we must plan our product not just from the perception or the perspective of where we are at. We must be able to think through beyond other nations. We must be able to think how South Africans can come and do business in Zambia. I'm a, I'm a Zambian here in South Africa looking at and exploring opportunities. How, what I know, the expertise I carry, how relevant is it here? How do I market? How do I package it that is relevant here? Maybe Zambians will buy it if it's in a blue box. Maybe South Africans will buy it if it's in a red box. Mm. But I must find a way of making it happen. Just like you will get your Apple product in rose gold, you get it in white, you get it in black, it will find its way everywhere. But you find a way of packaging. Packaging it so that it has an impact everywhere. Okay. Package it so that it can have an impact everywhere. Unfortunately, you know, this is always what happens when you're having a good time. You actually run out of time. So, Ms. Landon, quickly, uh, for people that want to follow you, come support your salon, where can they get hold of you? You're on social media, you're on the internet? Yes, we are on social media. Uh, the salon is at Miss Salon SA, M I S S S A L O N S A. And the cosmetics is Miss London M S L O N D O N makeup. Mm. Am I there? So um, I have a website www.belovedbym.com, and then I'm on Instagram and Facebook, um, which is beloved underscore by underscore m. My brother, are you on social media? Yes, I am. Um, mm. on, on Facebook, Pastor Bruce, um, mm. CD, and, uh, you get that also on Instagram and on Twitter. Okay. We usually close off the show in style. Um, there's somebody that is on the verge of giving up. Uh, I want you to give a 30 second word of inspiration to somebody that is listening. 30 seconds. Well, the 30 seconds is you are the universe and you can do whatever you want as long as you put your mind to it and never give up. Hmm. Ma'am? Um, I'd like to say that just trying is better than giving up. And I just want to say that the last thing you want to do is not try. Hmm. My brother? If you want to give up, it means that you had a big expectation, you had high hopes, you had big plans. And the world is not for small planners. The world is not for small dreamers. The world is for big dreamers like you. Don't give up. Go for it. Hmm. Sis? Um, I would like to say the fact that you are here means you still have a chance. So you really, really, really don't want to sell yourself short. You don't want to do a disservice because the fact that you have an idea means that there are people out there who are willing to buy into your idea. So don't give up. Keep pushing. You'll get it right sometime. No, definitely. This is all that we had for you right here on the Rest of the Biz. Thank you, ladies um, and gents, for, for coming. Looking Thank forward you. to having you in studio. But if you've so just joined our show, you've missed out on an exciting discussion. You can always go to www.cliffcentral.com and actually go to podcast to actually catch the show that we had. But we're back here next week, same time, same place, right here on Cliff Central. And I'm Double Homer 40. We out. 360 Biz on cliffcentral.com. This is cliffcentral.com.